Hey, 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 all of you guys who have tuned in, welcome to the newest podcast in town. This is Comic Sans, and this place is all about the details. So, through this podcast, all I am trying to do is focus on the details. I love details, and through these details, I shall try and take you along with me on a journey of adventure, exploration, and loads of fun. And the podcast is going to vary on a multitude of topics, and it is going to be absolutely amazing. So, I hope you guys stay through me. Wait, what? Stay with me through this wonderful journey, and uh, together we shall have a blast. But uh, as we speak, we are still in the first podcast. so very early days and if you couldn't make out by my voice i am very excited i am absolutely stoked to be recording this first uh, episode of this podcast and uh, just to record this it took me a lot of time cuz i didn't have any idea about what to talk about i had an outline of what i wanted to talk about but i didn't know how to present it to you guys and to make it interesting and it took me ages to just finally decide what i wanted to talk about and step up and press the record button and just start recording and talking so uh i know i've uh, talked quite a bit already but this first podcast is uh, well what is it about the topic uh, in a minute but before that i will also let you know how i found the inspiration and, and uh, what really led me to talk about this topic so what actually happened was a few days back i was standing outside in the balcony of my room i was just staring outside uh, i just to be honest i was trying to look for some sort of an inspiration uh to find some way to you know to find a topic that i can talk about and as i was standing there all of a sudden uh the skies just turned completely dark and it just blanketed the evening sunlight so i was i was standing there and i was just lost in that atmosphere and all this while i wanted to deliver a bodacious podcast and i had spent ages researching on a luxury of topics and but 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 it all uh, turned out to be unfruitful and obviously i had uh, started losing hope i had started lo- uh, losing steam the motivation so i was standing there in the balcony I was looking at the clouds and then all of a sudden just thickened it became darker and darker and i realized it was going to rain soon but just before it started raining there was this a gust there was this a uh, sudden gust of wind that drove down the street and i observed it there was a lot of chaos the leaves started flying all over the place all over the place uh, the clothes uh, that were hung out to dry they were holding on to the steel wires for dear life and it was it was a beautiful scene it was uh, it was something that sparked a lot of creativity in my mind at that moment and after this there was a slight drizzle it was like the drizzle was escorting the chaos 
Just a few seconds later, all hell broke loose. It poured down like there was no tomorrow. And and just in a matter of minutes, the gutter overflowed. The road just turned to slush, and you could see the destruction in the vicinity. So I immediately ran back into my room. Luckily, not wet. I was still dry, unscathed, and I shut the door behind me. And as I shut the door, I realized that I had found the influence I needed. So, ladies and gentlemen. For the very first episode of Comic Sans, I present to you, Rain. Today, we shall discuss everything about this beautiful phenomenon, from the actual process of precipitation to the diverse emotions it gives rise to, what other natural phenomena occur out of it, how global warming is setting alarms off, why rain makes at least some of us feel very romantic, and the rest may be very gloomy. And finally, wrap today's episode with some mind-blowing facts. Now, uh, I have spoken enough about how I found my inspiration. I guess it's the right time to delve into the science of rain. So, what exactly is rain? In layman's term, rain is nothing but water falling from the sky. As simple as that. But in scientific terms, it's maybe a little more complicated. Rain is liquid water in the form of droplets that have condensed from atmospheric water vapor and then become heavy enough to fall under gravity. Rain is a major component of the water cycle and as you know it is responsible for depositing most of the fresh water on earth. It provides suitable conditions for many types of ecosystems as well as water for hydroelectric power plants and crop irrigation. I believe that rain is one of the most natural and most important natural physical processes for various reasons. Without enough rain, earth would become a desert, inevitably resulting in the elimination of humanity. Now consider this, an average human could survive uh, for about 2-3 to three weeks without any food. But when it comes to water, we can't survive for more than 3 days. Now most of the water that we consume comes from rivers, lakes, glaciers and groundwater. Rain plays an unimaginably important role in restoring the groundwater table and in keeping the rivers and lakes from drying up. Majority of the surface water occurs in the form of seas and oceans and are unfit for basic human needs due to the very high rates of salinity. So as you know, we can't use the 70% of water on earth that is in the seas and oceans because they are very salty. They have a very high amount of salt in them. This makes it unfit for our use. So thus, rain has an added role of supplying us with fresh water which as you guessed is completely fit for all our needs. Now I've talked about the importance of rain. Just imagine a situation where we have caused so much damage to our ecological system that it doesn't rain for three years. What could possibly happen? Just think about it for a second and uh, just Think what your intuitions say. 
what i think could happen is that and what majority of the people believe would happen is that all of our rivers would pretty much be non-existent they would completely dry out consider yourself lucky in such a situation if you find a small stream of dirty water we would be completely reliant on groundwater if it still exists for all our needs so this scarcity means that we will have to forego taking a bath every day defecating in our fancy toilets poop poop wearing different clothes every day etc so even in the 22nd century we probably would be roaming around like neanderthals this also means that any source of surface water would be deadly if consumed in large amounts as it would be massively contaminated agriculture would fail miserably the majority of the landscape and ecology around us would turn to desert like conditions and chances are all of the wildlife would have disappeared permanently thereby leaving humans as the only major form of life on earth in such a situation to conserve water we would have to take such extreme steps such as breathing only through the nose because if you breathe through the mouth it causes a uh, excess water vapor to release which means we will have lesser water for our own system and avoiding talking as much as possible for the same reasons i stated above etc etc weather and climate would also take a heavy toll there would be no more monsoons autumns or springs long summers accompanied by severe heat waves would dominate the scene thus to put it all into perspective i don't know what ingenious of an invention would be required to save humanity and planet earth from a catastrophic apocalypse if such the situation occurs but this is all uh, very exaggerated i should say because i don't think this will happen enough of the plausible future as far as i am concerned we are a responsible group of citizens who will ensure that our dear planet earth will never meet such fate i further hope that we work together as a community in striving to make our home greener and lusher now that we have talked about the plausible future let us talk about the present we know it still rains around here we are not in the future where maybe it does not rain it rains quite a bit let us delve into the scientific aspects <laughs> i know that quite a few of you hate science and therefore i will try and make it as appealing and interesting as possible so rain is only a form of precipitation there are other forms of precipitation such as drizzle sleet snow ice pellets and hail precipitation is any product of the condensation of atmospheric vapor water <laughs> water vapor that falls uh, under gravity from clouds so the principal cause of rain production is the movement of moisture along the three dimensional zones of temperature and moisture contrast it's pretty simple if there is moisture in the air and it travels around different zones of temperature and moisture in the atmosphere with 
it causes uh, the production of rain. Now, the amount of moisture in the air is usually measured as relative humidity. We have all, we have all heard the term humidity. You know, people always say that coastal areas are more humid, uh, whereas the mountainous regions are not so humid, such things. So, humidity is nothing but the moisture in the air, the amount of moisture in the air. So the air parcels that hold this moisture become saturated when the temperature reaches a certain point which is called the dew point. So the dew point is the temperature at which the moisture or water vapor forms a cloud. So the cooling process to reach this dew point has four mechanisms. One is adiabatic cooling, then we have conductive cooling radiation cooling and evaporative cooling. Now, adiabatic cooling occurs when the air rises and expands. So this air can rise due to convection, large-scale atmospheric motions or a physical barrier such as a mountain. The, this phenomenon when air is lifted up in the atmosphere because of a physical barrier is called an orographic lift. Now, conductive cooling occurs when the air comes into contact with a colder surface, usually being blown from one surface to another. For example, from a liquid water surface to a colder land. Radiational cooling occurs due to the emission of infrared radiation, which is either by the air or by the surface underneath. Last but not the least, evaporative cooling occurs when moisture is added to the air through evaporation, which forces the air temperature to cool to its wet bulb temperature or until it reaches the saturation. Now, we have talked about how uh, moisture plays an important role in the formation of, cloud, uh, formation of clouds. How exactly is moisture or water vapor added to the air? So, the daytime heating and evaporation of water from the surface of oceans, water bodies or wetland is one of the reasons. Transpiration from plants is one of the reasons. Transpiration is nothing but, it's just like how humans sweat. Transpiration is the method through which plants sweat, to put it in simpler words. Water vapor can also be added to the air through cool or dry air moving over warmer water and the lifting of air over mountains. So once these clouds are formed, the water vapor condenses to form tiny droplets. When the cloud becomes heavy enough, it gives into gravity and it rains. The rain droplets further coalesce during the journey down to form larger and heavier droplets. So that is why you feel some droplets to be quite thin on your skin. They don't really cause any pain, it just makes you feel nice. But there are others which are huge and they, it really hurts, especially if you're going against the wind during the rain and there are heavy, large droplets falling down. It hurts, especially if you are not protected, you're not wearing a raincoat, it hurts on your skin. So as I stated earlier, rain is a very important part of the water cycle. The water cycle describes uh, the movement of water both above and below the surface of the earth. To a large extent, uh, the water cycle is uh, responsible for maintaining 
the mass of water on earth you know ensuring that it remains constant over a period of time the water cycle ensures that the water moves from one reservoir to another such as from river to ocean or from the ocean to the atmosphere and it uses the help of various physical processes such as evaporation condensation precipitation infiltration surface runoff and subsurface flow in doing so what actually happens is that the water goes through different forms liquid solid in the form of ice and vapor so the water cycle is heavily driven by the heat from the sun so the sun heats water in oceans and seas the water evaporates as water vapor into the air then some ice and snow sublimates directly into water vapor water vapor this means that if you have ice you usually see that ice first goes into its liquid state that is water and when you heat it for further it uh, turns into water vapor but when it sublimates the ice turns directly into water vapor without going through the liquid state evapotranspiration also occurs which is the water transpired from plants now all this water which has been released into the atmosphere the water molecule h2o has smaller molecular mass than the other components of the atmosphere such as nitrogen and oxygen this means that oxygen is less dense due to the significant difference in density buoyancy drives the humid air <laughs> humid air higher as altitude increases the air pressure decreases and the temperature drops which is also called the gas law so the lower temperature causes water vapor to condense into tiny liquid water droplets which are heavier than the air and under the force of gravity they fall so some of this condensation uh, also occurs at the ground level rather than the level at which the clouds are so the condensation which occurs at the ground level is what is called fog now uh, atmospheric circulation moves uh, water vapor around the globe the cloud particles collide grow and fall out of the upper atm- atmospheric layers as precipitation some precipitation as i said before falls as snow or hail as sleet and can accumulate as ice caps and glaciers now glaciers are very important because they are capable of storing frozen water for thousands of years most of the water which does precipitate out of the sky falls back into the oceans or onto the land as rain where the water flows over the ground as runoff a portion of the surface runoff uh, enters rivers and valleys with the stream flow moving towards the ocean runoff and water emerging from the ground may be stored as fresh water in lakes and in tanks etc not all runoff flows into river much of it soaks into the ground as infiltration some water infiltrates deep into the ground and replenishes aquifers which can store fresh water for long periods some infiltration stays close to the land surface 
and can seep back into surface water bodies as groundwater discharge. Some groundwater finds openings in the land surface and comes out as freshwater springs. Over time, what happens is that the water returns to the ocean to continue the water cycle. Now, as a child, uh, I couldn't really figure out how rain was measured. I thought it might be measured in the way we usually measure water. We measure water in liters and I assumed that rain should uh, technically be measured in liters. But that is not the case. Rain is uh, actually measured in terms of volume. So what I mean, what I mean by this is that rain is uh, measured in millimeters per hour or uh, inches per hour, which is how rain is usually measured. So the length or more accurately depth being measured is the depth of rainwater that would accumulate on a flat horizon horizontal and uh, impermeable surface during a given amount of time, typically an hour. Now, one millimeter of rainfall is the equivalent of one liter of water per square meter. Now, uh, what do you guys think is the amount of rainfall we receive in a year on an average? Just think about it. Think about it in volume, so in kilometer cube, and see if you reach close to what the actual quantity is. So on an average, the earth receives 5,5,000 kilometer cube of water, out of which 78% that is 3,98,000 kilometer cube falls over the oceans. Now how much exactly is 5,5,000 kilometer cube? So 5,5,000 in liters would be 5 followed by 18 zeros. <laughs> that is the amount of rain we receive each year on an average. But given the fact that we receive only 22% of it on land, it means that the globally averaged annual precipitation through the Earth's surface area is 990 millimeters. Now, uh, there are places which don't receive any rainfall at all or shall I say, very, very less rainfall through the course of a year. Such places are called deserts. So deserts are defined as areas with an average annual precipitation of less than 250 millimeters per year, or as areas where more water is lost by evapotranspiration than that falls as precipitation. So as we have deserts in arid, hot, dry regions, we also have deserts in the cold regions, which are called the polar deserts. These deserts are so cold that rain ceases to exist in its liquid state and hence there is no rain. Antarctica sees no rain whatsoever, thereby making it the world's driest continent. In the other extreme, we have rainforests, which receive very high rainfall. 40 to 75% of all biotic life can be found in these forests, 
and they are and they are also responsible for 28% of the world's oxygen turnover so these are almost like the lungs of our planet now uh, the intensity of rainfall is also measured and this is measured in accordance with particular particular numbers so light rain is what is called when the precipitation rate is lesser than 2.5 mm per hour moderate rain is when the precipitation rate is between 2.5 mm and 7.6 mm or in simpler terms less than 10 mm per hour heavy rain is when the precipitation rate is between 10 mm and 50 mm per hour and violent rain is when the precipitation rate is more than 50 mm per hour all the talk about intensity of rain there's as a child you know your parents would never let you go out in the rain and play because there was always the fear that you would catch a cold or fall sick but you know the during the first showers of the monsoon i always used to hear my mom and grandma say i let you go later but not during the first showers and there's a reason for this the first showers of the monsoon are acidic so what exactly do i mean by the term acid rain so the term acid rain was coined as early as 1852 by a scottish chemist by the name of robert agus so how acidic or basic a mixture is or a solution is is measured using the p scale a ph of 7 uh, means that the mixture is neutral whereas a mixture with ph below 7 is acidic with 0 being the most acidic and a mixture with a ph above 7 is basic with 14 being the most basic now if we live in a city chances are that we are at a higher risk of being exposed to acid rain than if we lived in a small isolated town so the pollutants that are released from factories and vehicles tend to remain in the air and when they interact with water leads to the formation of acids like sulfuric and nitric acid the eruption of a volcano uh natural forest fires uh soil bacteria and lightning are some of uh, the natural contributors of these pollutants so even though acid rain doesn't pose as a health hazard the pollutants that cause it that is sulfur dioxide and oxides of nitrogen can get into the lungs and and cause diseases such as asthma and bronchitis it's important to remember that these pollutants are very fine and particulate in nature so it makes it easier for us to breathe it in and it can stay in our lungs for quite some time now acid rain is not very acidic in the ph scale so that is also the reason why it doesn't burn our skin now uh, rain is uh, always revered in culture it has a very important role and thus i thought it was also important to talk about how rain has influenced our culture what sort of uh, traditions we have had or we have had followed in the past
and uh, how people believed uh, performing such certain rituals could bring more rain or doing some sort of witchcraft uh, could bring uh, torrential rains and cause floods so in the judeo christian cultural tradition rain served as a tool of god's wrath so angered by the behavior of his people it is believed that god sent 40 days and 40 nights of rain the only survivors were the favored family of noah and the pairs of animals which found refuge on the ark while in other biblical uh, narratives rain functions as a blessing this old testament story has been very influential in establishing uh, the place of rain and stormy imagery in the cultural meaning system in the anasazi culture for example uh, rain was held to be sacred uh, the anasazi lived in a desert region so it is obviously arid and very hot so they were reliant upon the winter snow in the mountain to feed streams and springs throughout the year and reliant on spring rain showers to supplement their strenuous irrigation efforts so the anasazi culture came to view rain as a gift from the rain god During winter storms Anasazi spiritual leaders thanked the rain god for the water which they knew would accumulate on the mountain snow peak and in the spring and summer they prayed and conducted ceremonies to honor the rain god in hopes of gaining favor and the precious gift of water as a result of the system of meaning in which rainfall symbolized the benevolence and generosity of the natural world Anasazi legends and the literature of the culture which grew out of the Anasazi tradition tend to represent rain in a very positive way. Ancient Rome had its rain god Jupiter Pluvius and the Aztecs sacrificed young children to the rain god Tlaloc. In 1589 uh, King James VI of Scotland believed witches had summoned the storms that prevented his bride Anna of Denmark <laughs> reaching Scottish shores uh, witchcraft persecutions peaked in Europe between 1560 and 1600 because it was believed that witchcraftry caused decades of climate extremes including floods and harvest failures there is also this account of zuni rain dance where the zuni people uh wore feathers and turquoise or other blue items during the ceremony to symbolize wind and rain respectively and they performed a dance and the details on how the rain dance was performed is passed to the next generation orally uh in africa which is a very dry continent rain is very important you know they value rain a lot and they see it as a gift from the gods so uh many years back the power uh, to make rain uh, in the uh, african societies was usually attributed to the african kings so in a number of african societies 
kings who failed to produce the expected rain ran the risk of being blamed as scapegoats and they were killed by their people uh one of the famous uh, rain making monarch uh, was the rain queen of balobedu south africa in ancient china wu shamans performed sacrificial rain dance uh, ceremonies in times of drought wu anciently served as intermediary intermediaries with uh, nature spirit with nature spirit oh, i can't say the word spirits okay wait wu anciently served as intermediaries with nature spirits believed uh, to control rainfall and flooding so the shamans uh, actually had to carry out an exhausting dance within a ring of fire until they started sweating and the falling drops of sweat produced the desired rain just imagine that you're standing in a ring of fire you're sweating your bum off it's falling to the ground but it's not raining and as long as it doesn't rain you have to keep dancing <laughs> and this uh, is a rap of rain and culture and now moving on to what i consider the most important part of this podcast human influence on rain and these are the following facts that um going to state are very alarming and it is something that uh we should take seriously uh even uh while i researched on this topic reading these uh, facts and numbers was very horrific and very scary and it was more than important for me to include how uh, what kind of influence uh humans have had on rain so the fine particulate matter produced by car exhausts and other human sources of pollution forms cloud condensation nuclei which leads to the production of clouds and increases the likelihood of rain so as commuters and commercial traffic cause pollution to build up over the course of the week the likelihood of rain increases it actually peaks by saturday after 5 days of weekday pollution has built up so in heavily populated areas especially the ones that are near the coast this effect can be dramatic there is a 22% higher chance of rain on saturdays than on mondays the urban heat island effect warms cities from anywhere between 0.6 to 5.6 degrees celsius above the surrounding suburbs and rural areas which is huge some cities induced have induced a total precipitation increase of 51% so the increase in temperature what i talked about is one of the effects of global warming and this is where global warming comes into the picture so glo- what exactly is global warming global warming is uh, the ongoing rise of the average temperature of the earth's climate system it is a major aspect of climate change which in addition to rising global surface temperatures also includes its effects such as changes in precipitation the largest human influence has been the emission of greenhouse gases 
with over 90% of the impact from carbon dioxide and methane. Fossil fuel burning is the principal source of, this, of these gases with agricultural emissions and deforestation also playing significant roles. Climate sens sensitivity to these gases is affected by feedback such as loss of snow cover, increased water vapor and melting permafrost. So I talked about how there is a chance of increase in rain in the cities especially on Saturdays because the pollution is built up. But if you look at it globally, there has been no statistically significant overall trend or it hasn't been observed up until now. So although the trends have varied region uh, by region, the alarming thing is that globally the variation has occurred over the tropics which was so, which are supposed to be the places where rainfall is received more. So the tropics are, have now started receiving much lesser rainfall and the regions that were once dry have started receiving rainfall. Now this is not happening all over but these are few of the variations that have occurred here and there. So the eastern portions of North and South America, Northern Europe and Northern and Central Asia have become wetter. The Sahel, the Mediterranean, Southern, Southern African and parts of Southern Asia have become drier. And because of, the in, because of this uh, difference or imbalance, there has been an increase in the number of heavy precipitation events over many areas during the past century as well as an increase since the 1970s in the prevalence of droughts, especially in the tropics and the subtropics, which as I said before, are supposed to receive more rainfall. Changes in precipitation and evaporation over the oceans are also suggested by the decreased salinity of mid and high high latitude waters along with increased salinity in lower latitudes. So with higher temperatures comes greater evaporation and surface drying, potentially contributing to the intensity and duration of drought. However, as the air warms, its water holding capacity increases, particularly over the oceans. So according to a certain equation, which I can't pronounce, the air can generally hold around 7% more moisture for every 1 degree Celsius of temperature rise. As such, a world that is around 4 degree Celsius warmer than the pre-industrial era would have around 28% more water vapor in the atmosphere. But this increased moisture will not fall evenly across the planet. This is where the problem occurs. Some areas will see increased precipitation, while other areas are expected to see less due to shifting weather patterns and other factors. On average, warming is expected to result in dry areas becoming drier and wet areas becoming wetter, especially in mid and high latitude areas. But this is not always true over land, because 
the effects of warming are a bit more complex and there can be ex exceptions such as the tropic region. These facts and numbers that I just stated are overwhelming. Right in front of our eyes, we can see that the things are slipping away. But what worries me even more is the fact that we are increasingly getting accustomed to these changes and accepting it as a part of our daily life. The onus is really on us to step up and be the generation that sparks the change and encouraging an encouraging number of movements from youngsters themselves over the last few years have forced the governments to focus on climate change and its impacts. But it doesn't end here. The reins are in our hands to ensure that the goals are met and the revolutionary changes are brought about. For us, for as long and as far as I can see, Earth is the only, only planet we have. And together, we need to be the ones that make a change. Now, I promised you earlier on the podcast that I'll talk about how rain has an effect on our mood and it's now time to move on to that part so rain and mood so rain has the ability to cause you to eat more this is because a lack of sunlight can cause serotonin levels to dip which can increase cravings for carbohydrates eating carbs can spark a short-lived spike in serotonin that provides comfort, hence the term comfort foods. Long stretches of rainy weather can cause pain. As atmospheric pressure decreases when it rains, bodily fluids move from blood vessels to tissues which can cause pressure on nerves and joints leading to pain, stiffness and reduced mobility. Rain can also trigger headaches, migraine and sinus. Rain can also cause sadness. A lack of sunlight exposure can lead to an increased production of melatonin, making you feel sleepy. In turn, your body will produce lower levels of serotonin, the neurotransmitter that affects mood, appetite, sleep, and sexual desire. Now, I really love when it rains. I enjoy rain a lot, but this is just how I feel. The majority obviously feel gloomy, and I hope and I just did state the reasons for that. But why do we feel romantic? As I said, when the body produces lower level of serotonin, it can affect our sexual desire. Personally, I like to think that rain is the perfect motive for life. And it's it almost depicts how life is imper- imperfect. When there's sunshine, everything looks great. The same is not true when it's pouring. No, uh, when it's rain, you can't really control anything. There is a certain level of uncertainty. And that is how our relationships are in general. Our relationships are very uncertain. And the feeling that some people have of romance during rain is also highly influenced by what is shown in movies. What is actually shown in movies is how uh, romance in the rain is way more intense than what it actually is in our normal lives. But that is not exactly the case. It can be completely opposite. You're completely soaked. You're wet. 
and you're very cold so it need not necessarily have the same effects as it is shown in the movies but romance during rain is highly influenced by what we see in movies this is uh, where i want to wrap up all of the things about rain we have discussed quite a lot we have spent quite a bit of time together traveling through rain uh, i i feel pretty wet <laughs> my mouth has almost dried up i'm sweating i've spoken a lot but before i wrap up today's podcast i want to share some amazing facts that uh, i did research and find out about rain so rain is money in the african nation of botswana the currency is the botswanan pula the word pula also means rain and its use as the name of the primary currency demonstrates just how rare and precious rain is in this sub-saharan country now there is diamond rain <laughs> while we receive water in the form of wait what while we receive rain in the form of water there is one planet in which rain occurs in diamonds <laughs> imagine how rich we all would be if it rained diamonds here so in uh, on saturn lightning storms turn methane into soot which as it falls hardens into chunks of graphite and then diamond can you guess how much uh, diamonds are produced or are created in a year on saturn scientists believe that up to 1000 tons of diamonds a year are being created on saturn so the next fact i would like you all to close your eyes and imagine close your eyes and imagine that you are in a desert you are going with your friends on a dune buggy you are having an amazing time exploring the desert but it is also very hot you are all sweating now as you are traveling you can see that the visibility ahead has reduced you quickly realize that there is a sandstorm coming your way now you are in the buggy and you are safe but as you move forward the storm turns out to be more violent than what you expected it to be it topples your buggy and all of you are lost you are now away from your friends and you are all alone in the desert the storm goes away you pick yourself up you have no water with you you have no for no technology through which you can communicate to your friends and you are completely lost in the desert you pick yourself up you start walking in the desert under the hot sun it is beaming the sun is sipping out every last ounce of energy that you have and as you walk all of a sudden you can see the clouds above thickening and you realize it's going to rain and it is exactly what you needed some water just to keep you alive you look up to the skies you start thanking god and 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 you are completely grateful you have tears in your eyes you're so happy that is going to rain that you'll get some water to drink and you can continue further on 
and you look up and you can see the rain falling as it starts to fall it reaches a certain point after which it doesn't fall down you are shocked and you don't know what is happening the rain doesn't reach you at all now what exactly is this phenomenon i talked about this is just nature being a complete troll imagine just being in that situation and being trolled so badly this phenomenon is called verga it is the phenomenon in which precipitation from a cloud falls but then it evaporates or sublimes before reaching the ground and this is termed as vaga so it doesn't reach the ground even before it reaches the ground it evaporates back into the atmosphere as water vapor now when it rains there is this beautiful scent that comes out of the ground and i love it it's such a beautiful beautiful scent it, i, I it's just just something you just can't get as a do it, it is amazing this scent has a name it's called petrica so petrica is the earthy scent produced when rain falls on dry so dry soil so the word is constructed from greek and it is the fluid in greek mythology it is believed to be the fluid that flows in the veins of the gods so the smell actually derives from an oil exuded by certain plants during dry periods whereupon it is then absorbed by clay based soils and rocks during rain the oil which is released into the air along with another comp- compound called geosmin so geosmin is a metabolic byproduct of certain actinia bacteria which is emitted by wet soil and when it mixes with this compound it produces this distinctive scent and it is so beautiful to wind it all up i have one final fact and i shall talk about the wettest places on earth so uh, the highest average rainfall occurs in india in a place called mosinram where it receives on an average an annual rainfall of 11870 mm which is whopping absolutely whopping and there is also another town right near mosinram which is called cherapunji which holds a record for highest rain in one year and it you won't believe this it received on that year 26470 mm of rainfall it phew, that is just absolutely wet you just can't step out of the house it's raining all the time now the highest in one month again was in cherapunji india it received 9296 mm of rainfall wow that is a lot of rainfall the highest in 24 hours is in a region in the indian ocean it's called fok fok <laughs> and it is somewhere near the reunion island in 24 hours it received 1820 mm of rainfall or 71.8 inches now we all consider london 
to be a pretty wet place but it receives on an average only around 22 to 25 inches of rainfall this place this place that i just talked about in the indian ocean received <coughs> 71.8 mm of rainfall in just 24 hours the highest in 12 in 12 hours again the same place it received 45 inches of rainfall and the highest in one minute was in north america in a place called unionville it received 1.23 inches of rainfall in just a minute now with that uh, sadly comes the end of our first podcast i have had an absolutely amazing time but i should say i've almost lost my voice i can feel my throat cracking up but it has been amazing i really really hope you guys had lots of fun you really gained a ton of knowledge from this podcast you have a lots of uh, positive feedback hopefully i would really love if you guys let me know how you thought the podcast was and if you have any suggestions for my next podcast do let me know i should be more than happy to go through your suggestions and maybe even use it as a topic for my podcast and as you all know these are tough times that were that we are currently in all of you guys i really hope you stay safe you stay healthy wear your mask if you're stepping out try and be as safe as possible and stay away from the virus itself and during these tough times let's take a pledge to spread love and not hate and let us have an amazing amazing time thank you all for tuning up to comic sans this has been an amazing first podcast and i really hope you guys appreciate it thank you once again i shall see you soon peace out